Welcome to the Georgia Heat Podcast. It's another week in Georgia Indie Wrestling. How are you doing tonight, Logan? Doing great, man. It's a rainy night. Out here taking it all in. Yeah, I can I can definitely hear it in the background. It's really coming down. <laughs> yeah. Um, we got a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. Viral uh, had a really big show this weekend. We're going to talk about it and uh, some of the results from it. And we'll also look at Platinum Championship Wrestling from Covington. Uh, Action also had a big show this weekend. So, and of course, Southern Honor also had a big show Friday night. So it's just a a lot of big shows that went on this weekend. We're going to cover it the best we can. And uh, we've also got an interview with J.P. Magnum. I'm going to go ahead and put a disclaimer out there. This is not the views of the podcast of someone who shares some of the name drops um i i wasn't aware of and didn't know um uh, the individual that he named so um uh, listen at your own discretion is that the best way in mind that his views are his and not mine and trace right um so, yeah, we've got a uh, big, big show lined up. We're going to go ahead and go to break. Got plenty of promos uh, lined up. And we'll we'll be back after the break with the uh, Logan Frazier report from the Southern Honor Show Friday night. Southern Honor with Danny Jordan and Lindsay Snow. Danny, you had an interesting match tonight where Brooklyn Creed came out. Yeah. Why? Why does he come out? Why does he brutally attack me like that? I literally have not done anything to Brooklyn. And then she just beats me up. She breaks my trophy that I paid hundreds of dollars for. And I still have a headache. I just, I don't even know. Lindsay, it looks like there's a, an interesting alliance going on right now, especially since you fought Danny in the in the past. Will you talk a little bit about that? I mean, Danny and I, we've gone to war. We've had battles with each other. But now, I feel like it's time for us to go to war together. I mean, I I have so much respect for you, Danny. I mean, <laughs> I still remember throwing you through that wall and you still got up. 
I just, there's something in me, the fighter in me maybe, that just has to, has to throw it down whenever I see your, like somebody that deserves respect. And I just couldn't let Brooklyn be out there doing that to you. So I had to step in. So Danny, do you have any plans of retribution against Brooklyn Creed? Actually, Brooklyn, next month, you're going to get to face me. All right, welcome back to the Georgia Heat podcast. Got my co-host here, Logan Frazier. We're going to go over some of these numbers recently. Um, Well, kind of recently. We've missed a few weeks. Uh, From two weeks ago, PCW had attendance of 52. No major notes coming out of that. Uh, I don't have much wrote down. There was um, uh, some sort of tournament that went down. Uh, I could have sworn I had more wrote down for this. I apologize for that. Uh, let's just quick. We'll just go quick into the attendance numbers. Uh, Action, who drew um, 280 people, it's a nice sellout crowd for Action. Uh, everybody is raving about this show. Uh, I need to go back and watch it on the uh, Independent Wrestling Network. Have you heard anything about this show, Logan? Um, not a lot. Uh, I've kind of had my head down the past couple of weeks, to be honest with you, Trey. Uh, so yeah, uh, I've got out to a couple of shows and honestly, that's about the only shows that I've had any, uh, attention on. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, feel you on the busyness. Uh, so we haven't put out a podcast since the Huntsville show, which was a blast, but you know, it's just with work schedules, it's hard to put out every single week. But uh, we'll try to be uh, a little bit better on that. If we have to, we might even throw to a um, just me or Logan or Logan uh, doing the podcast. So that would be, I mean, if that's up to Logan, if he wants a host, that's fine as well. We're, you know, we're both pressed for time. I might be able to do it some weeks if Logan's like extremely busy. Might be able to do something like that. Uh, But let's get back to the report. We should be able to come out with our podcast this Sunday night. Uh, I don't see any other things uh, that are going to come up, but you know how life is. Uh, let's get into GPW or GPCW with an attendance of 150 people on February 8th. That was a pretty good number. Georgia Premier Championship Wrestling. Have you heard anything about this show? Is, is that the shit show across town? As Gary Lamb would put it. Uh, Georgia Premier Championship Wrestling, yes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, here, here's here's the deal. I, the thing that I do know about that, and I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, I think uh, Sean uh, Dean as the champion looks dang good for the company. It's it's a champion that looks legitimate. I agree. You know, the production's pretty good on the show. I've seen the show. It's kind of where you had um, Alan Angels and Lee Johnson, two uh, really good talents who wrestled for Southern Honor for pretty much a year. And, um, you know, kind of 
jumped ship in a way um, and left Southern Honor. I know that sounds strange in a environment where it's you know independent contractors, but um, yeah, he ended up uh, in kind of he's that's kind of his his spot, I guess. Uh, that and uh, there was a few other ones. Uh, the one that Logan Chase managed for like a week or a month or whatever. Oh, that's that's uh, that's Sean Dane. Well, Sean Dane. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's Same right. Thing. I thought it was Sean McBride. I might be getting. Is it? I don't know. Maybe I'm getting them confused. I thought, yeah, okay. Well, he's yeah, he's pretty badass in the ring. Anyways, um, let's get on to Viral, who drew. 365 that's some southern honor numbers right there or close to yeah. it yeah they're they're getting much bigger a lot more notoriety uh they're getting talked about a lot through uh platinum's podcast and uh and the tapped out guys are mentioning them too so they're they're getting a lot of love and you know how it is when you get on a um a roll it just starts improving your numbers exponentially right yeah they've got a they've got a lot of buzz right now uh let's go to apw who had a uh, attendance of 65 people that's down from their their last number uh that was a february 7th show and then wrestle america on february 8th through 275 from barnesville this is the show that Larry Goodman went to, but kind of wishes he would have went to viral. This was, from what I understand, a shit show. Just a clusterfuck. If you will. <laughs> uh, not, uh, yeah, wasn't wasn't perceived well from, uh, from many people that went. Uh, that's about all I know on that. Let's when now... You render, oh, go ahead. When, when you render... Larry Goodman speechless on on a wrestling show in in not a good way. It's uh it's had to have been pretty bad. Yeah, I don't feel like Larry's very um I don't think he's like too hard on the product. You know what I'm saying? Like I he's not uh well he's no Logan Frazier. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, yeah. actually, let's let's get. <laughs> speaking of which, let's get into our Southern Honor report uh, from February seventh on my birthday. Uh, I wasn't able to attend this show, but Logan was. Uh, like I said, uh, four hundred and fifty-two people were able to attend this show. Uh, the next show is on March seventh. Logan, let's get into the report. What was the first matchup we had? Okay, so the first matchup that we had was Cam Carter coming out with Logan Chase versus Owen Knight. And, uh, of course, in this, uh, you had had Not Yet Ready get involved um, and, you know, called the win for Cam over Owen uh, by Not Yet Rating. Rated obviously cheating for him, right? Uh, so, uh, great, especially Cam, for a start out match. All right, what was the uh, what was the next matchup? Uh, next matchup, of course, you you had Gary come out and announce uh, his version of the SCI tournament, 
Joe immediately after uh, the announcement, Joe Black comes out and announces he's going to enter it as the first person, and uh, Sean Legacy come out, uh, and, and it's going to be a matchup between Joe Black and Sean Legacy. Of course, the significance of this is this was the first match ever in Southern Honor, so mm-hmm. this is a, a rematch of sorts, um, and uh, it, it was a, it was a great match. It uh, seeing them, both of them being, tech, you know, borderline technical, borderline aerial. Uh, there was lots of reversals. Um, they they have Joe almost monster lock, not selling anything, but uh, you wound up having Joe go over, uh, and there were signs, you know, of respect after the match. You know, had a fist bump to, you know, show that they respected each other. Match was good, uh, and honestly. Not to give it away exactly, but this was my pick for match of the night, and uh, I, I just don't, didn't think that they topped it. Okay, uh, moving right along, what was their next matchup? Next matchup: Danny Jordan versus uh, uh, Catalina Perez, and um, you know, Danny has officially. Made the crossover. She she is a face now. There there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, mean girl or not, she may be mean, but she's getting cheered because over Re- half. Right, and recently Brooklyn came out and and crapped on the fans. So there's no doubt in my mind. Brooklyn has took the heel role, and Danny is now the face. Yeah, the interesting thing that happened in this match was not actually the match, and. uh uh as you were talking about how how hard or lenient I am on things, uh some people don't understand my style of writing and uh and I may have my balls busted a little bit by platinum for giving this match an A. Right. So I had to explain myself in uh in detail in a behind the scenes uh DM to him. And uh, when I explained myself, he said, that should have been what was in your report. And what it comes down to is the A that I gave this match was not for the match itself. I mean, the match itself wasn't Uh, terrible. It probably had to do with uh, crowd reaction, how hot the crowd was, the outcome of the match, what it set up for future storylines. Am I correct? Absolutely. Most yeah. of my grading style comes from comes up, the My booking. grading style is the same way, man. I mean, yeah. the, the match the doesn't booking, necessarily man. have to be like just Chris, but you know, at the the other side of the coin of that is if I if I were in the crowd, I didn't see the match, but um, if it was super super sloppy, I couldn't have graded it an A. But I see where you're coming from for sure. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's all about the booking, the behind the scenes, you know, uh, your, what your, uh, you know, behind the scene managers for the matches are doing. Because you can tell that if you have your, uh, your finger on the pulse of what wrestling is and you're not just a mark, then you can tell the little details that they're doing to make it 
where you can suspend your disbelief, where you can enjoy the, you know, a mark can enjoy the match yeah, as a mark. You're seeing a uh, women's division develop in front of your eyes almost in a way. Exactly. And with and the outcome is, of Lindsey Snow coming out and uh, Brooklyn Creed and and then you had uh, Danny in the ring and then you have different women throughout the state that they've brought in for this uh, to face Danny. And it's kind of built Danny up. So this is uh, – this is interesting to me. This really is. And I'm happy for I'm happy for the women too, and I'm happy if they were to get a women's title. I, I know I I begged and begged for the tag titles, got those, but uh, the women's title eventually it has to be there. Yeah, just just as important. I you know I've made mention before that in uh, Georgia wrestling, there's such a a non-focus on women's wrestling. You need, you know, you need have, a few more mainstays, though. Yeah. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. And the, I don't what, think it's enough really for a women's division yet. Is each promotion has their one mainstay woman, and yeah, like the they shop gay. around the same five talents, that goes from promotion to promotion to promotion to face that mainstay. And it's like, you know, you'd, you'd almost be better off to have, like, all the women go to all the shows or, you know, kind of, and have, like, a tra- traveling promotion within the promotion so you could just keep continued storylines going. But... You know, I, I don't yeah. know. That's, oh, no, no. I, I'm right there with you. I see what you're saying. That's kind um, of a raw idea, but, you know. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's move on to the next matchup. All right. So the next matchup was part two of Kyle Matthews versus David Ali. Uh, of course, David Ali went over the first time uh, the month previous. Um, and... Uh, this one, it it kind of looked there for a while that that maybe Ali was going to make it number two, but uh, because Kyle had a looked like he had hurt his knee, <coughs> excuse me, and uh, but ultimately you had uh, Kyle going over an interesting uh, uh, move, which uh, you might be a little bit familiar with if you want to. You know, fill everybody in on yeah on, the whole the um, Bret Hart uh, kick off the ropes uh, pinfall that he uh, scored on Rowdy Piper at WrestleMania eight uh, for the Intercontinental Belt, and he defeated Stone Cold Steve Austin when Stone Cold had the Million Dollar Dream on him. He kicked off the middle rope or it might have been the top rope I can't remember, and fell back on him and uh, pinned him. Uh, Pinned him with his uh, own move, locked onto him. So yeah, I'm I'm familiar with that. I like that ending. I like that uh, right, finish. Yeah, it, and it works good here too because you know. And Kyle's a good technical wrestler. I'm sure he pulled it off uh, very good. Yeah, but we wound up with with Ali being very upset, and uh, and you can well bet that there i mean you could tell that night there was going to be you know a third match between them and of course they they eventually announced it and it's going to be a submission match so uh that should be pretty interesting with uh Matthew's repertoire 
Uh, and David Ollie being, being kind of underrated as far as a technical wrestler, so yeah, that'll be a good. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, and and to mention good. really quick, we'll uh, on the next podcast we will talk about the tournament coming up for Southern Honor. Uh, we you know we're stretched for time right now, but on the next one we definitely will discuss that a little bit more and some of the participants that have already been announced in it. All right, all right, let's move on to the next match. All right, next match you have you have uh, Gunnar Miller versus Sunny Days. All right, so not much to say here. Uh, Gunnar gets the win with a squash, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, uh, and I honestly, I absolutely roasted this, and uh, I'd, I'd be willing to bet that Gary's pretty pissed about it because you know Gunner's his boy and all. Uh, but I said, uh, this was my comments on it. Uh, yes, you probably heard me audibly groan, but I make no beans about not liking Gunnar Miller's in-ring character. I find it to be lazy and uninspired Goldberg wannabe. I personally like Southern Honor because it's new, fresh, and innovative. So when I'm in that zone, don't hand me something recycled in a nice new cellophane package and expect me to swallow it. And I gave it a three. Uh, yeah, and I discussed uh, possibly him getting the the right kind of heat from you um, when we discussed this off the record. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he – I don't know how I feel about it. I, I, you know, I certainly agree with the originality uh, that you're you're trying to present, that there's no uh, – he doesn't have any kind of original aspect of his uh, gimmick. But at the same time, it generates so much heat. People's captain, that is original. Um, I don't hate him as a marketable heel that can't be beat because when he does get beat, you're going to jump off your chair and just be like, yeah, fuck you, Gunnar Miller. You're done. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, (laughs) that's kind of the way I look at his character. So I kind of enjoy him in that aspect but there is a part of me as like just a, a wrestling mark in general just like uh who the fuck is this guy you know what i mean but i you know i enjoy his podcast to certain area there's there's certain parts of the podcast so that i kind of tune out of uh the workout regimen and all that stuff uh not really interested in that um but you know at the same time uh i enjoy his character to a certain degree is what i'm trying to say uh, if if you say so, I just uh, anyway. So Logan Creed comes out and uh, and he uh, talks to him about several different things. Makes a lot of sense. Loves the interview. The interview that uh, the promo that Logan gave was phenomenal. Uh, he said that you know back then, uh, four years ago that Gunner had Jeff G. Bailey and the Phoenix City title and the Triple Crown and all of that. But And back then, Logan needed the Gunner match. But this is four years later, and now Gunner needs the Logan match. And uh, But that isn't why he came back. He came back. That's, that's really the best been an incredible match, a money-making match right there. Because you can say what you want oh. to about Gunner Miller, but Gunner Miller versus Logan Creed is absolute money. Because of people like you who want to see Gunner get his ass kicked. And then, you know, I'm sure Gunner has his fans out there as well. 
But, you know, nonetheless, you know, you're, you've got two guys who are just unstoppable monsters. You want to see it. They're just, you know what I mean? Like, I, I want to see it. I'm buying a ticket for that. Right. Right. And, uh, of course, Gunner Spears Sonny to, I guess, prove a point to Logan. I don't, I don't know. And, uh, and so then he goes after Gunner because Gunners can just care less. I thought that was an interesting aspect because Logan's partner's in the ring. He's not going to help him. And he just turned his back and walked out of the arena. And then as soon as Gunner walked to the back, Sonny's trying to look back to see why he wasn't helped or whatever. And Ravina Vane comes up and low blows him. And you wind up having a heel turn in Ravina. Ravina kicks Sonny and then exits the ring. See another another female to add to that women's division. She can go. She's been trained before. Oh yeah, she you know she was having a, she, she had didn't have injury. to be the best in the ring either. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she had an injury and uh, she's done a few spots here and there, but from what I understand, she has been cleared for full return to the ring status. And I believe she's actually even returned to the ring in Pro South, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm sure it will not be very long before she's also uh, an in-ring competitor in Southern Honor as well. All right, let's move on to the next match. Okay, so next match is uh, Corey Hollis with Lethal Poison versus Ashton Starr for the heavyweight title. Um, basically, what it comes down to is you had uh, Lethal Poison constantly, you know, interfering, uh, getting one getting the rest attention while the other two was, you know, beating on Ashton, and then they played their hand a little bit too many times because they got in the ring and they started to beat on Ashton and the referee turned around and caught him. And he threw lethal poison to the back. When this happened, uh, Corey got upset at the ref. Corey attacks the ref. He winds up trying to swing on him and uh, the ref winds up shoving him back. Uh, so Ashton like sneaks up right behind Corey, rolls him up and the ref hits the one, two, three very fast. Like in, in right. You know, so, so Ashton's a big champion. Uh, Corey gets upset, uh, pitches a fit to Gary Lamb. Uh, Gary Lamb, uh, then makes it a cage match. Does he not? Well, they're putting up the cage for the tag team titles during intermission. Right. And uh, you have Corey, like, out there roughing up Todd Fox, who's the ref, telling him to reverse his decision, demanding that he do it. And uh, then you wind up having Lethal Poison coming out, dragging on, dragging Gary out telling him that he's going to reverse the decision, that it wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And he, he finally he looked at Corey and he said, look, I tell you what, I'm not much for rematch clauses, but 
I hate to tell you, Todd, but that was a fast count. And because of that, I'm going to give you your rematch. Right. Right now. And Corey says, yes, 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 yes. So get all, get this ring out. I mean, get this cage out of here. Get it away. And he said, oh, no, no, no. The cage isn't going anywhere. But lethal poison is because they're banned from ringside. So you would think, oh, this is, this is going to be great. So uh, it turns out bad. Lethal poison brings out party planner, beating him up. And uh, you uh, have Ashton get distracted, and Corey pins him and becomes the first ever two-time Southern Honor heavyweight champion. Well-deserving. I'm a big Corey Hollis fan. Best heel in the business. I agree. He does get the heat. Man, he does. All right, let's move on to the uh, second matchup. All right, second matchup in the last half was not yet rated uh, with the Honor Society versus the Lynch Mob for the Southern Honor Tag Team Championship. Really hate that you missed this match. You you were a big proponent of, the t- of begging Gary to get the tag titles, and then you had to miss it. I hated that. I know, man. I hated missing it. Um, but it uh, sounds like the outcome was was pretty incredible. It was, it was. You you have new tag team champions in the Lynch mob, despite all the interference from yeah. the Honor Society. Crowd reaction was hot for it. Yeah, it it was a great match. Um no doubt about it. You you could tell that uh Joey really truly probably has a an injury because you uh you know you had uh Matt, the whole match, basically. Yeah, I don't think he's fully recovered. Right. Matt, I'm sorry, Joey, excuse me. They're probably trying to uh, keep him from re-aggravating his injury, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he he was a bloody mess after the match, was he not? Oh, yeah. He was was born blood. Yeah, they took pictures with a ton of people. So uh, good for them. Take pictures with a ton of people. But they will do a podcast. The Lynch Knobs. You yeah. heard it here first. <laughs> um, <laughs> Excuse me. Um, all right. Well, we're fixing to throw to this JP Magnum interview. This is uh, this could be a little controversial. So uh, this does not reflect the uh, views of. The Georgia Heat podcast, me or Logan Frazier. Uh, just want to go ahead and point that out. This is a good interview, though. Uh, it presents another side to Paul Lee. Uh, talks about some uh, some dirty business uh, in the business, uh, I guess you could say. Um, uh, you know, I'm a big JP fan. I love JP. Uh, I think his promos are good that he's been putting out, and uh, I enjoy his in-ring work, to be honest with you. So um, we're going to throw to that JP interview. We're going to go to break first and come back, like I said, the JP interview, and we'll end it with the RCW report. This is the Georgia Heat Podcast.
power, power, power. You know what power is? Power is the lethal poison. Power is Corey Hollis, Michael Judas, and Brady Pierce. You see, everybody thought that Ashton Star was going to walk away with this title tonight. But you see, we always have a plan. We are always thinking ahead. We're going to kill this company. Corey Hollis is the only two-time Southern Honor champion. And soon, Lethal Poison will have all the gold. And we will kill this company. One by one. here and I'm backstage at Southern Honor with Ashton Starr. Ashton, tonight was a huge roller coaster of emotions. You won the belt and then you lost the belt to Corey Hollis. What do you have planned next? What, what, what do I have next? Today was one of the biggest days of my entire career. And in a span of 15 minutes, it was taken away from me. Corey did exactly what I expected him to do. Especially with having Brady Pierce and Michael Judas in his corner. I should have known better. I had a great original plan going into tonight. But I didn't think it through. I never thought that one, I would have to defend my title so quickly. But also inside of a steel cage. Only for lethal poison to go to the back and find my party planner brutally attack him and then decide to bring him to the stage. I'm a prideful person and I've worked so hard for everything that I've done, everything that I've gotten, especially this championship. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll do whatever it takes because I will be back to get you. That's right. Since I won the title tonight as well, I also get a rematch. In April. You see, because next month, I want all three members of Destiny's Child in my match. And trust me, I'll find the tag team to do exactly the right job. Welcome back to the Georgia Heat Podcast. I have JP Magnum. On the line with us, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing pretty good. How about you, Trey? I'm doing pretty good. Now, we're going to let you go off on the rant of the week. We're going to start doing this ever so often. Um, let's, let's, uh, let's, hear your first, let's hear your rant. Well, uh, my rant would be uh, you, you sent me – well, actually, you posted stuff in the group of – little spots from AEW. Now, I've tried to watch their stuff, and the only time that I have ever, I hate to be Jim Cornette on this, I guess I have to be a little old school because anything that Chris Jericho does is gold. Anything that Cody does is gold. It's not to the nth degree. Great, but... The crap you sent me looked like I was watching Lord of the Dance. 
looked like a choreographed dance. And that was the eight-man tag, if anybody's not familiar with. Do what? That was the eight-man tag. I was just saying which match that was. It was uh, yeah, yeah. the Elite taking on. Yeah, fine, man. Right. Yeah, what, what you sent me, I didn't see if we picked it up on TV, but what you sent me, guys were waiting on their spots to go and do the next thing. Oh, hey, let's do this, let's do this. Boom, 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 boom. And I understand it, it, this, this business has a spot for everything, but you have to have psychology. You have to tell a story. And you can only do so much of the flip, flop, and fly crap where it gets boring. I mean, how much or how much are you going to do? <laughs> I mean, good God, man. Yeah, somebody might argue that it hurts the believability of the product. All right, you tell me. How long have you been a wrestling fan? Since uh, 91. So All right. many, many years. So 91. They, they, they told a story. Now, no matter what they did in the ring, they told a story, and one of the best storytellers of that time was Bret Hart, was Kurt Henning. So since you started 91, let's talk about SummerSlam 91. Right. That was, uh, that was the first event. That was the first pay-per-view I ever watched. Yeah. And who was the Intercontinental Champion at that time? I could tell you right offhand, it was Kurt Henning, and he lost the title to Bret Hart at Madison Square Garden. It's uh, permanently ingrained in my head. Why did you give a crap? Because Well, I've said it before. I'll tell you one reason I I gave a crap is because back then you built up each guy. You had Bret going over some of your lower-tier talent and then some of your jobbers, some of your local – uh, a talent back then, and then you had the same going on for Mr. Perfect. He was winning match after match, uh, and he held on to the title for quite some time, so that built up the prestige of the belt. So when you had Brett take on Mr. Perfect, it was, it, you know, you had both guys built up, so you wanted to see that match. Right. So they told the story. You knew what was going into it, what was going on. Brent was the guy that nobody thought could hang with Mr. Perfect. He came in, had a match. They built that match. And then at the end of it, they got over the sharpshooter. Did they not? The sharpshooter was the move that you couldn't get out of. Yeah, you were in the sharpshooter. You were done. Yep. Right. It's over with. They don't do that anymore. They do this flip and flop and stuff. Look, I remember when the super kick was called the Savat kick or the, the back kick. And they, they did this. Um, it was, went, it was a signature move of uh, Shawn Michaels uh, there for a little bit. He used to do another move. It was like a shin breaker. Right. Type. Well, it wasn't a shin breaker. It, was a sh- it looked so like it was going to be a shin breaker. It was like a weird suplex thing. Yeah. He finally, the side of the face. The super kick is my move. And if you watch Shawn Michaels, when he starts doing that chin music, even when Shelton Benjamin jumps on that top rope, 
boom, he hit that super kick, bam, one, two, three, it's over with. AEW <laughs> and uh, the Young Bucks have made the super kick mean nothing. Nothing at all. And that was supposed to be a finisher. So that, that that's my thing. You you've got to build into something to make it mean something for you to hit something. Look, I I respect the crap that, that they can do. They can do the flip and the flop and they do this stuff and it's over and over and over and over again. I've been in those matches before. But if you don't have a story behind it, the crowd gets bored. So how many times are they going to have to keep doing this? I mean, they're they're placating to their fans. They're placating to the people that come and see the shows. And, and they're, they're they're selling out. That's good. But after they've showed what they can do, tell me a story to keep these people coming back. Right. And the story that they're telling with Cody. Is a great story. Yeah. Again, Cody, <clears throat> at the same well, time, though, um, I feel like Hangman Page is extremely over. Yes, and but they, they keep making him out to be some kind of drunk or something. Well, I mean, I think this is his pill. He's a kind of like the 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 working man, kind of just, you know what I mean? He's got that almost Steve Austin type of pill to him right now. I think. Well, hell, I can do that. Just show me the show. I can come out and drink or whatever. Right. I think they're, like I said, I hate to sound like Jim Cornette because uh, I don't get political like Jim Cornette does. You know, what you do on your own time is your business. Jim Cornette's, (laughs) he's a little politically incorrect. While we have you on the Uh, line, let's go ahead and um, we've plugged you a couple of times on the podcast being a, a supporter of uh, Paul Lee's, uh, how did you feel the uh, the mayor race uh, went down and and uh, your opinions on that? All right, well, oh, my opinions on the mayor race. Well, <clears throat> growing up in that area, I know the ins and outs of the political scene. And... <laughs> The guy that won is basically a puppet to the people that's in the office right now. Um, And I can sit there and talk about stuff that I know inside, you know, the inside story, but I'm not going to do that. But, you know, regardless of what you think about Paul, Paul had some good ideas, but because of who he was, what he does, nobody took him serious. Right. And it's sad because, uh, you know what? I'm going to go on, a, I'm gonna go on a, a truth rant, a shoot rant. That's okay? Yes. Uh, tell uh, Stephen Platinum, this is a shoot. Everybody talks shit about Paul. And you can talk all the shit you want to talk. But I'm going to tell you one thing. When I was going through my divorce and I was having problems, Paul was one of the first people to call me and say, hey, 
mm-hmm. stop Lincoln. I want to come pick you up. He picked me up. He took me out to eat. He said, wake up. You have kids to take care of. Nobody had to do that. Nobody asked Paul to do that. Mm-hmm. But nobody yeah, knows about Paul. I've said that before but, uh, on the podcast that the people that he, you know, he's close to, he is very extremely loyal to. I've uh, never well, denied that. This, sure. is, this is the thing. Everybody run their mouth about Paul being the nature boy. I was there when Ric Flair sitting there with him. He bought us beers and said, hey, boys, let's go out to Chattanooga. Let's hang out. He bought us beers. He did not have to say what he said and say, hey, Paul is the next nature boy. Paul is the nature boy. Nobody forced Ric Flair to do that. Yes, he got paid, but Ric Flair could have said, no, I don't want to say that. But he did it. Yeah, but what about what about the stories that have came out about Paul um, uh, when the mayor race was going on, and just you know, I mean, despite him, you know, taking you under his wing uh, when you were going through your hardest times, uh, have you had any personal? Have you ever had any personal problems with Paul at all? No, no. Um, if you're in the business long enough, and mm-hmm. I know you're on the you're on the outside looking in on the business, because right. you don't know the ins and outs and all this stuff. Right. You might get irritated over, uh, oh, I'm going to do this. Well, that didn't happen. We're going to do this. That kind of stuff. But his family is my family, and I've had disagreements with Paul. I've had disagreements with Lex, but at the end of the day, when the show's over with, we're still friends, right? And and we it, there's a difference between business and friendship. And yep. what what kills me is everybody talks about Paul runs his mouth. He has been married to the same woman for over 30 years. Okay. But yet, but yet everybody wants to put up on a pedestal people who cheated on their wife. Or, in my case, <laughs> they go and say, well, uh, I, 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 screwed, I screwed your wife. Uh, come over here and work a show. What? what? Oh, like, I hate to I hate to put names out here because I don't I don't like doing this. But Ben Thrasher, he's messed around with all kinds of relationships. He screwed all kinds of people's wives. But everybody says Ben Thrasher's one of the greatest guys I know. And what promotion did he all run? Um, he was running UEW back. Uh, back when, um, I guess, a few years ago. And Paul has never screwed nobody's wife. Paul's never screwed anybody over. Now, Paul has Paul got the opportunity to Paul screw other people? Do I? Has Paul got the opportunity to screw other people's wives? No, no, no. Look, Paul 
is love with Tanja. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's from that's my point. I'm trying to make. People, yeah, people, but, people, people don't know Paul like I know Paul, and it pisses me off because I know Paul, and I know his son, and I know the things he go. Uh, well, I think I think you know Lex is Lex is a really good guy. I've talked to Lex on Facebook a few times. Lex is a good dude. I, I don't know his partner real well. I've heard that he's a really nice guy. Um, I've never heard anything really bad about his family, per se. Um, more of just Paul and some of his business dealings. What can you be mad about his business dealings? All right. He, he got money. He made a storage unit. He had a business selling stuff, and then he sold it and made money. And now everybody's mad at Paul. Oh, he's a big piece of crap. He's this, he's that. The cancer patient story and then, you know, uh, the the family's house burning down and all that. That's uh, Those were some pretty, you know, bad stories that came out about him. The cancer patient story, I've never heard that. Well, I don't have it in front of me, but apparently a family uh, had lost a child, um, did cancer, and Paul was, was nice enough to, you know, he kept telling them, like, you know, put it in my storage, you won't have to make payments, No, you know. And I guess uh, they got billed for it. They got a large bill after the, uh, the funeral costs and, of course, all the medical bills. And uh, Paul was pretty ruthless about getting his money. I've never heard that, but um, you you have to look at it in a legal sense. You sign a contract. I'm not trying to be a butthole because I have a master's in business. Right. But if if you sign a contract. Yeah, but if you know, you're, you're, like you're said, intentionally you know, leading a family to believe that they're going to be able to store their their stuff there, the kids' stuff there, as as long as possible, until they can get the money to get it. Why are you Why are you billing them and harassing them? If you went out of your way to tell them, you know, you can you can keep the the stuff in the storage. Well, that's the great thing about the internet, or the the horrible thing about the internet, is you can hear all kinds of stuff, but you don't know the whole story. Have you well, been but, about it? But the thing is, is like if there's multiple stories that come out, then there's usually at least a kernel of truth. All right. Well, let's talk about the kernel of truth. Let's talk about the the feel thing. You see all these posts, and everybody gets mad because Paul's going to saying what he has to say about Phil. All right. Phil showed up. He had he needed a place to stay. Paul Who's said, Phil? Okay, let, let, let's say who who is Phil? You know Phil? No. Uh, Phil Quarles or whatever his name is. No, or, I'm, not, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who that have is. You not seen all the stuff on the internet about Phil and Paul and arguing and stuff? Feel, feel who? Feel, I mean, like, what does he like? What's his title? Doctor Feel Good. He 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 ran shows in Rome. He ran shows. No, 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 no. Tell me about this. Now, what's what's the deal with this? 
All right. So Paul goes and says, hey, uh, Phil came up to him. He didn't have a place to stay. Paul goes, all right, you can stay here. I give you the first month free. Okay. And then after that, you got to pay me for the next three months. Phil didn't pay a dime. And if you want to go and look at it, go and look at all the magistrate court stuff in Ringo. Paul takes care of him. And then he doesn't pay rent the first month. Paul goes to him and said, hey, you owe me rent. He doesn't pay rent the second month. So three months goes by. He doesn't pay rent. And then Phil starts this big campaign on Facebook, running his mouth about Paul, and about how he's kicking me out. He's doing this, doing that. He helped you out in a time of need. Mm-hmm. He gave you one month free, and then you didn't pay for another three months. So you're living rent-free for four months. And then he goes and posts on Facebook about how Paul's a victim now. Paul's a butthole. What did you expect him to do, man? Seriously, what what would you do? Okay, well, but the, how does this any of this pertain to him being uh, a good mayor, though? How do you feel like? I mean, I'm just I'm just saying everybody gives uh, Paul crap over stuff. Okay. So you're just trying to kind of paint the picture that he's not that bad. I'm, I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to make you understand how Paul is. And people give him crap, and they don't take him serious because he's got the bleach blonde hair. He's Man, in, he's yeah, the way, he acts, the way he acts outside of the ring, yes. He he lives the gimmick, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's old school. He does that. But Paul has good ideas. And he had good ideas for the mayor thing. But the guy that won the mayor vote um, got pulled over a few times smoking marijuana, but they didn't do anything to him. They just let him go because he's the mayor. I don't know how bad that is in the grand scheme of things, though. Um, <clears throat> well, in Ringo, it's pretty bad because uh, marijuana is illegal. When was he pulled over for this? I don't know. I can I can find it if you want me to. I can find it on the and try to find it on the uh, internet. I mean, like you said, the internet is a uh, vast knowledge, whether it's true or not. But uh, yeah, it, it, I, it, I, I haven't seen anything about that. Now I know there is that he indicated that in a uh, somewhat a TV interview where they took phone calls. Um, so why uh, it was I don't know it was like a couple of weeks before or maybe even a week or no, no I'm sorry I think it was the day before the election if I'm not mistaken but uh, yeah he he certainly indicated that um, I don't know under, understand when all these stories started coming out about him he took it personal against Mayor Millwood because Mayor Millwood was not the one uh, to leak the stories out. So I just well, Mayor Millwood. Oh, go ahead. I mean, that I mean that's just 
my personal prerogative. Man, we would Millwood is fake as can be, but that's just me. Well, I'm just trying to say that he just, you know, there's nothing. I haven't seen anything, any kind of proof that that says that he was pulled over for marijuana. But I'm just asking you, why did Paul E. take it personal against Mayor Millwood when negative stories started coming out about him when Mayor Millwood wasn't the one that leaked them out about him? Oh, come on. <laughs> Mayor Millwood may say, oh, well, I didn't leak it out. It wasn't me. But he had his people leak stuff out. But w- w- what has Paul done that's so egregious? Well, I mean, I, I mentioned the story just a minute ago. And then there's, you know, I mean, there's several other stories. Okay, what's the other stories? Well, other stories about a family where their house had burnt down. It's very similar to the other story where he offered them to keep all of their stuff that they had that they'd actually saved from the fire uh, in his storage. Um, then he proceeded to the, build them when they were uh, pretty much dead broke. I guess they hadn't got their insurance money. Um, I need to look up that article. That would be a <clears throat> if I knew we were going to be talking about Paul tonight. That would be <laughs> would have been more oh, prepared. Oh, I mean, we went on a tangent, but so you're saying that you heard this, you heard that, you heard this, you heard that. Well, I mean, it's you the thing that you, you said you've heard about. this, you've heard that, but you know, none but, of that's but, proof. And but, but, but just go on. Uh, on the uh, webpage, go to all the court dockets, Cadiz County court dockets. Look it up. Click on it. You can see all you need to know about all these cases that you're talking about, Paul. All you got to do is go on the court docket and read it. Yeah, and these are these are um, you know these are families that have wrote this out. This isn't like, and this is you know stuff that they've went through with him. Um, you know, he before these stories even came out, he had he had a, a reputation. We'll just say that. Um, well, but this, 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 I always like to get the I always like to get the the other side of the story out. And like I've always said, his family seems to be like wonderful people. Um, and you know, Paul uh, is very loyal. To the people he cares about I've, I've always said that um i could tell that by you know the people that he's had on his roster for years um so but either way let's talk about you being in the awf back in the awf the uh promotion that paul runs and let's talk about how you've just been tearing it up pretty much hey <laughs> I haven't been there in a while. Um, I, I worked a show with Paul, uh, I guess it was about six or eight months ago, and we tore the place up. The crowd was great. It was in Alabama. I said, hey, we got to come back. We can't do this, do the, just do this show here. We 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 got to bring me in. He was like, all right. So, I mean, one thing led to another, and now I'm back. Yeah, you know me. I you've strung, right, and you've strung some wins uh, uh, together as well. Uh, you're starting, according to Logan Frazier's report 
on the Georgia Wrestling uh, History blog page, he has uh, painted you as a baby face. You're a heel, but the crowd just absolutely loves you, and you weren't really – it's like you weren't – you didn't know that the crowd was going to respond that way. So uh, how does that how does that affect your booking in the AWF from here on out? I mean, are you are they are they changing with the crowd reaction, or are you remaining are you remaining the heel status? Well, the next time I showed up, there was a lot more people that didn't like me, and from the last time, from the first time till this the last time I was there. The crowd doubled in size. Yeah, so, you've been drawing some pretty good crowds cool. there. Yeah, and, and the first time I showed up, it was more of the loyal AWF fans that knew who I was, and it was one of that kind of like yeah, you get when you say, "Hey, hey, Kevin Nash is in the Royal Rumble!" Boom, boom, pop. Yeah, so it was. You were a mainstay, uh, definitely in AWF. It seemed like for forever. There for you know, right. so a couple of years ago, I could have I could have seen somebody over and they still cheered it, but yep. this next show, they didn't like me. That's hmm. that's okay. With different me. crowd. Yeah. Well, right. uh, go ahead and plug. Uh, was it three other organizations that you'll be uh, wrestling on the card? Another in uh, in uh, NWGA card. You'll be uh, uh, you'll be actually going for the uh, title. Yeah, I yeah, I keep calling it NWGA or NGWA. Oh, man, again, I know. Too many letters. <laughs> <laughs> Too many letters yeah. for me to remember. Uh, February 22nd, I'm going up against uh, Sue Valentine for the heavyweight championship. And then uh, February 23rd, I've actually got a match in uh, Maryville, Tennessee, against uh, uh, Del, uh, Re- the Rebel, Dale Henderson, I believe is his last name. But uh, for the championship there. And then uh, March 7th, we got the, uh, what they call the Rumble Riot at the Circus Ten Arena. Oh, yeah. That's that's leading up uh, to uh, to all the big stuff, kind of leading up to Wrestle Jam, which is AWS's biggest event of the year. Uh, they've had it in April before. Uh, most of the time they have it in in May. Um, so I, I, they haven't got the it's date for that yet. May 7th this year. Is it going to be May 7th? It's okay. going to be May, awesome. May 7th this year. Um, actually they've already went ahead and advertised that, uh, Kane is going to be there. Kane is going to be there. Yeah. I, I saw that on Facebook. I meant to mention that. Uh, so yeah, AWS, uh, it's definitely the premier event in North, North Georgia. Uh, when I say North, North Georgia, I mean very close to Chattanooga. Um, every year it's a big event. He always brings in big names. It's the event that I always attend, um, being about five minutes from the Circus Ten Arena, and I will be there to cover your match, and I'll be there to write a report. Sorry, go ahead. And I've never seen you. Yeah. I will be there. I will will be there for that one. I'll be there for the Wrestle Jam. I'm always there for Wrestle Jam. They can they can hold a thousand people. It's going to be a great show, and there's going to be a lot more people that they bring in. Right, uh, February 29th. I'm also going to be in Alcoa, Tennessee, rocking for uh, East Tennessee 
um, championship wrestling in Alcoa against uh, Noah Richardson. Right. So and look that up. Just look up. Um, uh, like I've, I've also said in the AWF report that we did a number of weeks back, uh, Paulie's an excellent hand and always puts on a good show. I'm looking forward to it. I will be there for Russell Jam, and I'll try to make a I'd like to make the Rumble Riot. That would be a good show to to attend. Maybe I can get uh, Logan Frazier, my co-host, uh, who will have on the other line in the next segment. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Can you wake him up? Right. Every time I try to talk to him, he's always asleep and snore. It's the sound of my voice. It's just too it's too soothing for him. He just. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, um, here's here's a new rant. <laughs> we sit there and talk, and all of a sudden I hear this god awful noise, <sighs> and I realize that Logan's fell asleep. <laughs> now he's just a big wrestling fan, but yet he goes. <laughs> oh my god. Well, uh, that's all the time we got, though, JP, and I want to thank you for being on the podcast for this segment. Uh, we're definitely going to get you on for the Zach Bell podcast when it starts coming back on. Uh, you'll be a, you'll be uh, definitely a regular on that. And, of course, on here, next time we have you on, I want to talk all about the Alabama indie scene. Uh, thanks for being on the line with us, JP. Thank you for having me. All right, brother. All right, when we get back with the Georgia Heat Podcast, we'll review some of the events from this past weekend. You're listening to the Georgia Heat Podcast. All right. D, I've known you for a long time, man. A lot of people don't know, but we spent hours in cars together, driving all over the country. Trying to be the best professional wrestlers we can be. We've been in the ring with some of the very best. Guys that have gone on to make millions of dollars. Guys who considered the very best at their craft. You know what else is a parallel? We've traveled the world to learn all styles. To, to wrestle in the biggest promotions. But that's, that's where the parallel ends, man. See, pro wrestling is, is fun for you. It's entertainment. You like to dance, you like to have fun, you like to clap, sing, have fun with the fans. I mean, I want to win. Saturday night in Monroe, Georgia, the best scientific wrestler on God's green earth will show you what pro wrestling is all about. See you at the matches. A second, to a gentleman named Dion Mercer. Dion, one of the things that you said in your, uh, what you call a promo, was I like to focus on what I say and not my actions. We'll get to that in just a second. Let's talk about action. Let's talk about what Illuminati has done here at Renegade. Crowd attendance is up 65% in the past four months that we've been coming. The talent competition that we've been getting almost doubles since we've been coming. Do you have anything to do with that? Management? Management have anything to do with that? No. The Illuminati did that. That's what I offer. That's why I'm a star. That's why I'm your No Limits champion. I can talk about the fact that I won this title in a match that lasted 2 minutes and 35 seconds. I can talk about the fact that the stable I'm in holds half of the allotted gold in this company. But you want to talk about actions? Not a problem. This Saturday, you and I are in a match. No rules, no rope breaks. Anything can happen. 
That is an attempt for Renegade to put another glass ceiling on the Illuminati. This is their attempt to show that, hey, we're going to try to keep you guys down. Which is funny to me. It really is. Because you're giving up. You're essentially going into a fist fight with Barry Bonds and handing him a Louisville slugger. You really want to do this. Okay. I'm not nervous. I've seen you moving around. I've seen you jumping. I've seen you trying to figure out what to say. You're nervous, son. I'm not nervous. I'm a champion. Saturday, you get to figure out why. All right, welcome back to the Georgia Heat podcast. All right, uh, Logan, you were at the RCW Arena this past Saturday as the continued storyline between the Illuminati and everybody. Uh, let's uh, let's get into your quick report and uh, get your overall grade at the end. All right, so uh, this show had 76 in attendance. Um, nice crowd for RCW. Yeah, they, they've been pretty consistent in the 70s here, you know, and, of course, they had the, the big show a couple weeks ago. But uh, but pretty consistently in the in the 70s uh, here lately. Um, so uh, we started out with Jason Collins versus Dion Mercer for the RCW No Limits Championship. Uh, Collins went over uh, Mercer. Um Collins is a uh, a great athlete. I just want to go on record as saying that. Um, Well, I'm glad you can see that. Are are you becoming enlightened? Is that what's happening? No. He's he's a great athlete, and he doesn't need other people's help to win matches. That's all I'm saying. Well, uh, we'll get into that a little bit later in the report. And we'll yeah. talk about uh, we'll talk about Jason Collins here in just a moment. Uh, he didn't need help to win this match either. He just you know wanted to show Mercer his belt up close and personal right before he pinned him. Right. Um, so yeah, anyway, sure. When you film his <laughs> reflection, right? Right, right. And so uh, Collins gets on the mic, announces his entrance into the best of the best. Matt Lynch comes out to confront Collins, and uh, you have. Matt Lynch uh, announced that he too is going to be in the best of the best uh, tournament. Yeah, and, a uh, tremendous uh, card for that. Uh, uh, every athlete that's in the uh, best of the best are 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 really really entertaining, and I'm looking forward to that. That's a show that I want to attend March seventh, I believe, or is it March eighth? Uh. I'll, I'll have to get back to you on that. Yeah, uh, we'll 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 continue to plug it on the next podcast, and, and we'll actually talk about that. Seems to be uh, tournament season, as uh, Southern Honor announced their tournament, and then of course RCW's annual Best of the Best tournament, which is out in David Ali, um, a ton of a ton of people. But uh, let's move on to the report. Okay, so you have Dorian Crow and Robert Starr. Um, Robert Starr gets like one offensive short end, uh, and the only reason that is, to be honest with you, is because he attacked Dorian with a kendo stick before Dorian ever even got in the ring. Hmm. Everything on uh, this card is actually uh, no holds barred or no, uh, 
it's called unsanctioned, but um, you know it's obviously sanctioned. It's just a matter of it being every match has some element of you know not uh, having any rules. Mm-hmm. So uh, this one, you had a lot of different things. You had a, a prosthetic leg. You had a you know big metal sign. You had a uh, one of the big road cones that come out. Lots of different things. Uh, I think it's important to remember that where they've gotten all these is is a longtime fan, Southern Honor fan. I think he's been in every show that I've been to. Uh, Donald Piper was there with his shopping cart full of items, and that was where Crow was getting all these things <laughs> that they're using in the match. But to be honest with you, Star was completely uninteresting at all. He didn't really do anything. He didn't get any offense in. It was just like he was maybe there filling in for somebody or something. I don't know. But uh, I, I didn't particularly find him, you know, exceptional at all. Uh, and Dorian, of course, went over in the match as well as he should have. All right, moving right along. Uh, then you have Brandon Collins and John Bishop. This match was fantastic. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, they really, uh, both guys seem very improved over what I've seen in the past couple of weeks. Uh, but there's this one thing that I really want to talk about in this match, and I'm just going to read it verbatim uh, and, and out of my report. And I love this. I said, I separate this part because I find it an interesting piece of business. It has an element that is missing from wrestling today, a genuine reaction. There's so much choreography, and and you know what you're doing before you go out there, that it prevents the crowd to become passionate about what they are seeing. I don't believe that this was what was intended by the wrestlers, but I enjoyed the hell out of it all the same. Bishop picks up a loose kendo stick and swings for the fence across Collins' back. It was rather evident that it was not discussed first because immediately Collins turns around and screams, That's hard! It shocked him so much, I legit think it was a true guttural reaction that broke kayfabe. Immediately, Bishop must have felt bad because he just hands the kendo stick to Collins to take and takes such a hard hit in retaliation that it sounded like it broke the stick. Mm. So uh, I just thought that was interesting. We're sitting there watching. He gets hit with a kendo stick, and he flips around on him and says, that was hard. And <laughs> it was like, wow, did he really just do that? Or was he and, just sounding like a son of a bitch? And, you know, it, it almost sounds like, oh, you can't be more professional than that. But in my opinion, I find it funny. <laughs> I thought it was the funniest thing all night. Well, who ended up getting the win here? Uh, your win actually went to uh, Collins. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Because uh, uh, Collins decided to uh, show Bishop his shoe up close and personal <laughs> in his nether region. Uh, so, uh, but that's okay. Cause there was no rules. So it wasn't cheating. All right. Well, let's move on to the next matchup. 
Okay, you have Chris Gans versus Brent Banner for a spot in the best of the best. You had Gans's typical, you know, weigh-in spot, and then at the end, towards the end of the match, you have uh, Gans has has Banner out, and he and Gans is putting up six chairs facing each other, and he puts Banner on them, goes up top, and is going to jump off on him, but Banner recovers, jumps the turnbuckle, and winds up suplexing Gans onto the chairs. Man, it was a great spot. If it didn't hurt, they're doing something really right. Because man, it looked like it hurt. Bent chairs. I mean everything. Yeah, there's no way it didn't hurt. All right. Yeah. Moving on to the next matchup. Uh oh. By the way, uh, you wound up uh Banner. Oh, damn. I'm sorry. Flipped a, flipped a uh, pinfall attempt and got the three count over again. So he has the spot for uh, best of the best. Yeah, and like I said, we'll we'll get into the best of the best uh, in the uh, the next podcast. All right, moving right along. All right, so this one's got my boy in it. He comes out. Uh, that that be for those of you that don't know. That be uh, Johnny Viper. Uh and he's defending his title against Ethan Cage. And uh, ultimately, the way this match goes down is um, you have uh, the other two members of the Illuminati bringing out uh, Cage's girlfriend, who happens to be a wrestler herself, Austin Madison. And uh, brings them to ringside. and, And, you know, they're just bringing her out there where he... She can watch uh, Cage's match. Well, let's get to yeah, the I thought, match. I thought it was let's get to the really match. Let's not get to your opinion on the Illuminati and how uh, oh he he just he's just bringing her out. He's just bringing her out. You know, you know, just just chill out. You know, she's not going to do anything. You know, he's just bringing out the rest of the Illuminati out later on. You know, I mean, it's not a kind of big deal. Right. right. <laughs> it wasn't a big deal. Oh my gosh! All right, let, and, let's let's get let, let's get to the highlights of this match. Okay, so anyway, they they brought out Austin Madison so she could watch uh, her boyfriend's match. I thought that was sweet. So, anyways, you wind up with uh, yeah, close to Valentine's Day. That yep, that's sweet. Yeah, right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you're fine. I, I just, uh, I thought it was sweet too. You know, I mean, they were even, you know, holding her so she didn't fall down. I thought okay. that was sweet too. Okay. So, uh, because of this, obviously Ethan is distracted, worried about what's going on with his girlfriend, um, and you have uh, Viper that does a flatliner for a three count pin. And he retains his belt. Right. And with all the new talent coming in to RCW, uh, the likes of Sean McBride or David Ali, um, was it is, uh no, my, no, I was thinking of Hold My Beer uh, Hanson. He's not coming, is he? I don't think he's in the tournament. He's not I'm not thinking so. of uh, 
PCW's tournament. Um, yeah. So, okay. There's a ton of talent coming in, is my point. Let's just see how long Johnny Viper holds on to that belt. Oh, I can guarantee you it'll be it'll be a while. So the the main event of the night though, uh consisted of a battle royal. Um uh, I'm just gonna read you out the people that was on it. Okay. And we'll go from there. You have Zach Malone who made his return to the RCW arena. Yeah, as the first Do what? He's a fucking nut. Is he? <laughs> you go, yeah, the dude that wears the clown makeup. No, no, this is the one that wears the the like scary mask or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm getting mixed up. Who's the guy that wears the crazy clown makeup? That would be crazy, crazy, not crazy Steve. No, it's. Oh well, well, let's just move on. <laughs> Well, I can't think of it. Um, anyway, he's crazy. That's all I know. Okay. Um, so uh, you have uh, Joey Idol who comes out to start out with Zach Malone. Um, you have Sean Bell come out next. And Bell and Malone are double team and Idol. Uh, Paul Manson comes out next, followed by Robert Starr, Chris Gans, Dorian Crow, and Josh Barnes. And the other point of the uh, this is to the winner is going to get a best of the best entrance. Um, the main thing to look at here is your two workhorses were Zach Malone and Paul Manson throughout the whole match. Uh, Sean Bell, Robert Starr probably shouldn't even been in the match. They didn't do much of anything. As soon as Chris Gans came in the ring, he was knocked back out of the ring by Dorian Crow. Gans gets pissed, runs back in, and eliminates Crow. Uh, then the storyline with Josh Vaughn uh, being a face and his wife Malibu being a heel and abusing him while trying to teach him how to convert to being a heel is a great storyline. It doesn't matter if Josh wins. It doesn't matter, you know, how else they use him. This is the storyline to stick with. I thought it was great. And when he gets eliminated, she slaps the taste out of his mouth. I mean, you could hear it all over the building how hard she smacked him in the mouth. So ultimately, you wind up with your last two is the two workhorses, which is Zach Malone and Paul Manson. And Manson winds up eliminating Zach Malone to claim his spot in the best of the best tournament. Awesome. Um, afterwards, you had, uh, to be honest with you, this was the worst match of the night for me. It, it was clunky, not very, very well done. Yeah. It, it just looked kind of thrown together. Well, let's get um, your overall grade of the show. Overall, for the whole show, I'd have to say a C plus. Okay. So there's room for uh, some improvement, but the crowd is growing. Uh, they're getting some better talent coming in. And, uh, you know, it's always an entertaining show to attend. There's always at least one or two matches that seem to really stand out, it seems like. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, that's about going to end us for this week. Well, for tonight, anyways, Logan. Uh, we're going to try to put out something this weekend. If not two, uh, I've got some old school podcasts that I'm going to put out. I've got two that are not on our feed. Uh, a lot of people haven't heard them, so I'll go ahead and put those out. Uh, also, I have another Zach Bell podcast that I'll be putting out. So just check us out, share us, like us, um, do whatever you got to do, rate us, get our name out there, and you know just plug us to anybody you know. And Logan, do you want to end on anything? Uh, no, I think that that's pretty much got it in the world of wrestling in the state of Georgia. All righty. <laughs> All right, we'll uh, we'll get back with you as soon as possible. Thanks for listening, guys.